Today's call to worship is Psalm 23, page 510 in your pew Bible, but I will be reading from the New King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This morning's New Testament reading is from 1 Peter chapter, chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. It's in your pew Bible on pages 1,124 and 1,125, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully, share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Are you called to be a speaker? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Are you called to help others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then God will be given glory in everything through Jesus Christ. All glory and power belong to him forever and ever. Amen. I love the story there in Genesis when Sarai is talking to the angel and she says, I didn't laugh. And he says, oh, but you did. <laughs> I think we would say busted in the modern vernacular. And the concern there, of course, is she's laughing because it's incredible, as in not credible. And yet, how credible it turned out to be. And her laughter in that moment becomes the name of their son, Isaac, whose name means laughter. And God's word is fulfilled. But the piece that I want to highlight in this story is hospitality. Strangers appear and the response is to run from the tent and entreat them to join one in a meal. And it's not fast food. This is not Burger King. This is time consuming. You've got to get the flour and the oil and the water and knead it and let it rise and bake it. And you've got to fat, uh, kill the, the goat or whatever and dress it or have a servant do that and, and roast it. Take some time. When the angel appeared to uh, other husbands and wives who were seeking a child, uh, they too sought to be hospitable, offering angels their hospitality. In some cases it was taken, in some cases it wasn't. We read in Hebrews that we should offer hospitality to strangers because some have entertained angels unaware. <coughs> And of course, in the midst of our last reading here in uh, New Testament reading, we just cited something very interesting. There nestled among really pithy statements like, love covers a multitude of sins. I love that one. You know, isn't it true that a community can survive an awful lot if there's love? 
Isn't it true that a family can survive an awful lot if there's love? Everybody makes mistakes. I have made mistakes, shocking as that may seem. And yet somehow my family remains intact. This community remains intact. It's because there is love and love covers a multitude of sins. And right after that very pithy statement, don't forget to show hospitality. Be generous with one another. Open up your homes. Don't be stingy with hospitality. Open your doors. Welcome one another in. This meal that we're about to share is Christ opening up his door and inviting you to come in. This meal is an act of preparation. It's a gift to you to say, be a part of my community, be a part of my family. And there's something so wonderful about that. There's something so gracious about that. We could talk about hospitality as a gift, a spiritual gift, and some of us have it and some of us don't. If you're wondering what temperature water boils at and how to accomplish that and you've never uh, managed to get the toast brown, not black, one day in your life, food hospitality may not be your thing. That's okay. You can be hospitable in so many other ways, generous and open in so many other ways. And you can express great appreciation for the Scott Scottos of the world who can make the food sing the Juanita Brodies of the world who can make the food sing, the Marty Barclays of the world who make us want to eat toffee until we are 350 pounds. <laughs> Love you, Marty. That is some good stuff. Hospitality, we could talk about the gift of hospitality, the way in which it ought to be practiced, and I have done some of that in years past. You're a tough congregation because some of you have been here 20 years plus, so you've, you've heard most of my sermons, and I say the average pastor has about five years worth of material, so you're starting to get the recycled stuff now. I feel sorry for those of you, no, I don't, but anyway. And then there are those of you who are pretty new to the congregation, so I'm making references to stuff that you haven't heard. But what I want you to hear today is this. The meal we share here is special if abbreviated. What I want you to hear is it's Christ making himself the Passover for the forgiveness of sins, for the deliverance from sin, for the opportunity to be in community with us once again and someday to be in community with us face to face. And his word to you is, I will not drink of this cup or eat of this bread until I do so with you as we sit together near the river of life and the tree of life and enjoy conversations that are destined to never end with all of those who have loved me and whom we love. And there's something really warm and wonderful and inviting and inclusive and generous and gracious about this meal. It's also, I'm gonna throw this out because I think it's, it's interesting, it's also a code. 
There was a time when it wasn't safe to be a Christian. It's still not safe in some places. And yet, various things stood as markers. And this meal is a marker. You could trust somebody who would eat this meal with you. The Passover meal, the communion supper, the bread of Christ, the wine, the blood of Christ. There was something about that that knit people into relationships of trust. I don't want to be naive about that. Judas sat at the table too, didn't he? Yeah. But I do want to encourage all of us with open heart and open mind to celebrate family today, not just that family God has given us organically, biologically, but to celebrate that family extended that goes out into the world in faith and reaches to those who, like us, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that something wonderful and mystical happens in this experience of binding us together, uniting us in this moment of sharing a meal, even if it's just a meal of symbols.